The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. About me first, I'm a physician. I was trained in Britain, as I'm sure you can tell from my accent. I've worked for many years in Canada and also with various colleagues in the U.S. I'm actually retired from medical practice, but I'm still working in healthcare research and development. Now, I see family caregiving, based on my experience and other things, as one of the most important supports for healthcare right across the world right now. Who are family caregivers? Well, there are the people who provide care to family members suffering health challenges. Family caregivers are the people who go on providing care when all the professional caregivers, like I used to be, have actually gone home. The healthcare systems of so many countries rely more and more on the mostly unpaid help of family caregivers. And if it isn't apparent already, I confess here that I'm an activist for family caregiving, which explains the name of the show, Family Caregivers Unite. Now, our show this particular episode is Technology Helping Family Caregivers. You know, technology, and in particular information technology, is everywhere in our lives and homes, and it's also more and more important in healthcare which raises the first big question that we're going to tackle today. How is technology helping family caregivers? Now, we know that technology is advancing all the time, which raises the second big question for today. What's the vision that the information technology industry has for the technology of tomorrow? And specifically, what should it be doing to provide more and better help for family caregivers? And then the third big question is, Who pays? And what's the role of government? Now, to answer these three big questions, we have two um, guests. Mark Rutherford of Phillips Healthcare out of Framingham, Massachusetts, and Bill Archer of the UK-based company Monami Caregiving Limited. First, Mark Rutherford. He's Senior Director of Marketing for Philips Lifeline, which is part of Philips Healthcare. He's been with Philips Healthcare since 2005. He oversees marketing for medical alert and medical medication adherence services. He works with personal emergency response devices and medication adherence through Philips Medication Dispensing Services. He's involved in research on successful aging in place programs 
and this is work which involves him with seniors, caregivers, and healthcare professionals. He, his objective in all this work is to help people improve or maintain their quality of life and remain independent for as long as possible. At home, he plays the role of caregiver to his daughter who has special needs. This experience and his desire to help all people remain independent were factors that drew him to Phillips. His previous experience includes marketing and advertising. His qualifications include a Bachelor of Science in Psychology from St. Lawrence University. Bill Archer is a fellow of the UK's Institute of Directors. He's a strategic marketing consultant with 30 years experience in delivering benefits across several disciplines. His mission is to create and promote patient-focused health products and services that help improve the health of patients while reducing the cost of healthcare. Through his UK-based company, Monami Caregiving, he supplies Monami, a caregiving innovation which he's going to be talking about today. Since 2003, his several major developments have included PainSol, which uses uh, electromagnetic fields as a therapy, which is an alternative to medications-based pain management. He's developed the UK's first triage assessment software for primary care and the world's first stem cell insurance product. Um, Mark and Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you, Gordon. Hi, Gordon. Thank you. Okay. Now, the first question is going to be addressed first uh, to Mark and then to Bill. And it's really this. Please tell us about the healthcare-related services and products your company provides. Mark, please. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Lifeline, and Lifeline is part of uh, Philips. And Philips has an aspiration of being a global leader in providing uh, solutions for health and well-being. And I think we're well positioned to do that with our healthcare sector, our consumer lifestyle sector, and our lighting sector. And Lifeline uh, specifically has been around for over 35 years. And in those 35 years, we've helped over 6 million seniors uh, stay independent, uh, living in the homes they love. And because this show is, is focused on caregivers, uh, during that time we've, we've probably helped uh, around 20 million uh, caregivers. And we partner with uh, community hospitals and home health agencies to deliver our services on a, a very local level. And we're very proud of those partnerships. And essentially what, what our mission is is to uh, improve the quality of life for seniors so they can remain independent in their homes. And we know if we do a good job doing that, we're going to be offering uh, a lot of benefits for their caregivers. And we really focus on doing this through what I'd call technology-enabled services. And I'll talk about two in just a minute, but these services are designed to be very easy to use and really designed around the needs of our seniors and our caregiver. And the two areas that, that we focus on at Lifeline really uh, represent a focus on the two greatest threats to a senior's independence, and that's falls and medication non-adherence. So let's start with, with falls. Falls is an enormous problem. Uh, it's really become a, a global epidemic. 
And this year alone, there are going to be over 13 million people that are over the age of 65 that are going to fall. And our Lifeline Medical Alert Service is really focused on providing early intervention in the event of a fall and giving seniors access to help in that fall. And basically the way it works is uh, people wear a small pendant and they can wear that uh, around their neck or, or on their wrist like a, a wrist watch. So it's a small help button. And whenever they need help, they simply have to push that button and it connects to one of our emergency response centers and we're able to reach out uh, to the subscriber over a two-way intercom and understand what their, what their needs are. And sometimes we're sending into the home the caregiver. So maybe, um, you know, the, the son or daughter is going in to help mom or dad uh, up from a fall. Maybe it's another medical emergency. And at other times, um, we're uh, contacting emergency services. Now, we're really excited. Uh, it's great to be here because we just launched a, a breakthrough service called Lifeline with Auto Alert, which takes our traditional service and adds an extra layer of protection. Uh, because now we have a pendant that will automatically call for help if a fall is detected, even if our senior is unable to press their, their help button themselves. So perhaps they're immobilized or they forgot they're wearing their button from the confusion of a fall. So we reach out uh, and can connect with them and offer them help uh, directly. The second service is our, our medication uh, dispensing service, which addresses medication non-adherence, which is an even larger problem than falls. I mean, depending on what you read, that can be a hundred to three hundred billion dollar a year cost to the health industry. And it's uh, medication non-adherence is, is really the number one reason people end up in nursing homes. It's responsible for one in ten hospital readmissions in our service essentially make sure that people get the right medication at the right time. We have a medication dispensing unit that holds up to uh, 40 days of, of meds, depending on how many medications you're on. And for seniors, that can be very uh, confusing to manage those regimens. The Mark, I'm, going to, I'm just going to interrupt you there because, first of all, that's a very, very important point which I want to come back to. And also because, as everybody knows, um, we're dominated by time. And I would just like to give Bill an opportunity and then we'll pick up with you both after the break. Um, Bill, your, your services that your company provides and the family caregiver angle, please. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, I, I listened with great interest to what Mark was saying about the way um, Philips Lifeline and, and Medical Alert Services uh, cover the emergencies that, can, that, that also often end in tragedy if people aren't covered with that sort of service. Um, but we come at it from a slightly different uh, angle, which is an adjunctive uh, service to what Mark's talking about anyway, in that our product reinforces active aging, it enhances the quality of life, it supports caregivers, and it allows for independent and structured living for the, the elderly and so on. Now, the, the reason I say that is because it's a fact that whichever country you live in worldwide, yeah, whatever medical cover you're entitled to, a great number of people are prone to the triple jeopardy of a declining health, uh, reduced mobility, 
and even social isolation. And those people don't have to be elderly. You know, they can be victims of disability, stroke, trauma, special needs. It doesn't matter which sector they come from, they all need help. And they all need help on a daily basis, as well as in emergency situations. Now, um, Mark mentioned people being put into homes and so on. Now, anyone who's had to rely on caregivers knows only too well that uh, things like perfunctory visits at the beginning and the end of each day can actually magnify the feelings of isolation and loneliness in between, uh, which is, and that's even more relevant for, for patients who need long-term care, of course. And equally, caregivers, particularly family caregivers, who we're talking about on the show today, suffer the stress-laden effects of this dilemma because they're, they're coping with unbearable pressure of time or perceived neglect-driven feelings of guilt because they can't get to see their loved ones as much as they would like in most cases. And their situations, of course, make it impossible to address all those needs adequately. So what Monomy does is actually present a very simple solution that addresses the dichotomy between the carer and the cared for and provides um, an uh, interface that allows people to communicate, to have positive feelings and positive feedback and monitoring services that are actually automatic that help the carer and the caregiver uh, sorry, the, I beg your pardon, the cared for and the caregiver to take advantage of what we offer. So that, in a nutshell, Gordon, is, is what we're talking about with Monomy. Very good. Now, I'm going to call for the break now, because it is time, and then we'll return um, to, the, uh, to the themes that you've both been developing. Um, this is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Mark Rutherford and Bill Archer. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We'll definitely be back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you a wow? A wise, outrageous woman of a certain age who wants thrilling work, vibrant health, joyful relationships, financial freedom, and the new F word, fun, in the next stage of life? Join host Lynn Schreiber in the Wow Zone each week where you'll meet amazing women who are creating lives filled with passion, purpose, and pizzazz. In the Wow Zone, broadcast live every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Anything is possible. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Well, you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. 
Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Mark Rutherford and Bill Archer. Our topic for today is technology helping family caregivers. Now, we're going to go back to Mark um, because he was just beginning to talk about the problem of medications and seniors and uh, the challenges that uh, when, occur when people perhaps forget their medications. Mark, would you please like to pick up there, please? Sure. Yeah, so it's, it's obviously a, an enormous uh, issue, and Bill was alluding to this in, in some of his comments, but our uh, dispensing service has a, a very high uh, adherence level of, of 98.6%, uh, but it also allows the caregiver to monitor the activity of, of the person that they're caring for. So uh, they, can, they can look at uh, reports online to see, uh, you know, about trends and missed dosages. And if somebody does miss a dosage, uh, we're able to reach out to the caregiver directly with a notification which allows them to intervene. And, you know, as Bill said, um, medication, if somebody's on eight or ten different meds, um, going into the home four or five times a day to try to uh, manage that can be uh, very stressful. It can create a lot of anxiety. And uh, this service that we, uh, we offer uh, really reduces a lot of the worry because the caregiver can load all the meds and uh, can be all set for, you know, on average, I'd say seven to ten days, knowing that they can monitor their, uh, their loved one's uh, usage. I'm going to just ask you a quick one. Is this a device that actually dispenses the meds um, when you press a button type of thing? Is that it what is. Yeah, so the, the, way that it, the way that it works is there's a, an audio announcement that uh, signals that it's time to, to take your medication, and that can come with customized announcements uh, such as, uh, you know, uh, take your medicine with food. And uh, the, the user simply has to go over and press one button, so it's very easy to operate. And that medication uh, is delivered uh, on time at the right time. Uh, and if for some reason, again, they don't press that button to dispense of the medication, uh, we can reach out to the caregiver and, and notify them that, uh, you know, a particular dosage has been, has been missed. Thank you. Bill, you were talking about bridging the gap um, between caregivers and people receiving um, care. Please yes. tell us more about mon how Monomy does that. Uh, well, um, to, 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 pay, to make it as brief as possible, because obviously, um, as with all IT, you know, information technology expands like a universe expands, really, because you can make it do whatever you want. But the bottom line is that Monomy consists of two, two main parts. The first part is an interactive device, which effectively is an electronic companion, which we call Monomy Touch. Uh, it's a touchscreen unit, and it just resides in the home, and it's wireless, so you know it doesn't have to be plugged into the wall, so it's not sort of anchored to one particular place in the home. That is what interacts with the, with the uh, patient, let's say. 
The other part of Monomy is the web portal. Now that can be used by the family caregiver or the professional caregiver to remotely manage what Monomy is expected to do. And that can be done through any internet browser on any machine in any location. And basically what that does is allow the caregiver to assist their charges or loved ones at a convenient place and time, reducing stress and magnifying the caregiving potential by doing things like allowing them to put in a medication regime, uh, a lot of reminders about you know, what you're going to have for, for your meal. It can actually give them uh, clues about what sort of meal they should have at what, at what time of day because it can also enable the caregiver to plan a balanced diet for the, uh, the, the loved one because obviously when they're in a particular state of mind that they might be in through this social isolation, they could well end up not eating properly, which is a very, very common problem, particularly with seniors. And, uh, and Monomy allows a number of simple functions to be, to be taken care of. And it also, of course, means that there's interaction between the loved one and the caregiver because it, Monomy enables the cared for to contact their family caregiver by simply by pressing a button and talking to them. That message can either be delivered through uh, Skype phone technology or it can be automatically delivered by email with an attached WAV file. So it, it's easy for the, um, the, 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 um, the loved one to communicate with their family without having to be uh, au fait with technology. Very simple. So that's really it. Uh, you know, it's a two-part system, an interactive device and the web portal for management. And that management portal can also, of course, be used by professional caregivers. And, and perhaps if we get time a little later on, I'll, I'll explain a little bit more about that section. Very good. Thanks. Now, I want to switch to the challenges that family caregivers um, face. Obviously, these vary very much. But... I'd like you just to say what are the challenges that you feel that you're particularly addressing as viewed from the point of, the point of need of family caregivers? First, first, let's go with Bill again. What are you really addressing with my um, <clears throat> Challenges. Um, well, I think that if we, if we put, put our family caregiver hat on, for instance, you know, a family caregiver has got to give a lot of assistance to their loved ones uh, in, in many practical and in sort of psychologically supportive ways. I mean, for instance, we've already, both Mark and I have already covered uh, medication reminders. We've already mentioned um, the promotion of regular meal times. But there's also uh, reminders and assistance with simple daily tasks like bathroom reminders, like um, personal hygiene reminders. Um, things to uh, reduce stress, or, or probably the best way to put that would be things to combat loneliness, which would then, by, by, by necessary derivation, reduce stress. Because if you can encourage social participation and you can maintain contact with friends and family for the cared, uh, for, the cared for person, then of course you're, you're going to reduce stress and loneliness. And we believe, uh, for, well, in fact, our experiences from uh, Monomy being used to address all of those areas 
it can actually do it very successfully. It can empower the individual to feel that they're in control of their own life still. And all that can be done without the family caregiver physically having to be there on a daily basis. So if that family caregiver, uh, you know, lives too far excuse me, lives too far away to be able to get there on a daily basis and they have to rely to some extent on a professional caregiver as well, this gives them the perfect opportunity to interact not only with their loved one but also with professional caregivers. Right. Mark, same question for you. Um, family caregivers, um, what are the challenges you're helping them with? Yeah, I think it's really uh, about uh, their anxiety and their their worry because they can't be there uh, all the time, and and they want to know that uh, in our case, uh, with our medical alert service, you know, how is mom or dad um, going to get help uh, if they uh, run into a, a a fall, have a fall or a medical emergency? You know, are they taking their medications properly? Uh, it's it's a time saver because it will free people up. Um, and as a caregiver myself, I know how important it is to to get out and uh, take a half hour or an hour uh, to yourself uh, and and rejuvenate. That's very very important. And you know both the medication dispensing service and our medical alert service um, give people the the peace of mind and the confidence. Uh, to be able to to do that, particularly we're hearing now from caregivers on on our new service lifeline with auto alert that knowing that you know even if um, the the their loved one can't press that button that we're able to get them help, it just gives them that much more uh, confidence um, in terms of providing care and there are affordable solutions uh, you know if you you look at the cost of some of the other alternatives. I mean, these services we're, we're talking about, you know, the price of a, a cup of coffee a day, and some of the alternatives are, are much, much more uh, expensive. We're going to talk about that in the next segment, too. That's a very important point. But, you know, let me just put it to you this way. What I've been hearing through these shows is also that the family caregivers are people who may have day jobs, so to speak, and they've got other families to manage. Uh, many of them are women, not all of them, but uh, the question of running the other parts of their lives in such a way that they're able to earn their livings and that kind of thing become important. So we've only got a very short time left, but just quickly, Mark, first of all, do you agree that that support for the, what I'll call the other part of family life is important? And Bill, do you also agree? Mark, first. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's uh, as I was saying. I think when you're a, a caregiver, particularly for those uh, folks that are, you know, have their own uh, their own family um, that they they need to uh, take care of and, and be involved with, uh, anything that can free them up and reduce the worry because it'll give them more quality time with the other needs that they have in in their life and we would never um, we would never uh, say that we replace a, a caregiver because that's not the case what we try to do is we try to help them out a little bit we try to ease their mind a little bit and that lets them do some of the other things that they they need to do right 
Um, Bill, I'm afraid you've only got 30 seconds for this one, but what's your, okay. what's your view on the question? Well, I think it goes back to the beginning of the this section of the conversation when we were talking about bridging the gap between the cared for and the carer. And what we do uh, is deliver for family caregivers the ability to deliver to their family member uh, and to their family a balanced work, family and personal time. We improve the quality of contact with loved ones, even if they live far away. We can keep them up to date with um, family events. We can help them manage their lives without undue interference, uh, which in turn reduces worries over security right. and, and, and even switching off lights and appliances for them. And right. all, as I said earlier, without physically being there. Right. Now, we're going to go into the break, but we'll come back to this. It is time for the break. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Mark Rutherford and Bill Archer. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life talk 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 that's all we do is talk if you'd like to talk call us toll free right now at 1-866-472-5787 1-866-472-5787 that's it that's it voiceamerica.com you know i need someone you are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Mark Rutherford and Bill Archer. Our topic is technology helping family caregivers. Um, now, we're going to ask some questions of a broader kind. Given that family caregiving is getting more and more attention in so many countries, and it really is in, in the U.S. and the U.K. and in Canada, what do you see of the future? What ways do you see technology playing an even greater role in supporting family caregivers? Um, Mark, first of all. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when it comes to technology-enabled services, that's going to continue to evolve, and you're going to be able to monitor uh, many more things from, you know, activities of daily living to the management of chronic conditions 
to, you know, even being able to diagnose uh, conditions remotely. And, you know, one of the things that, that we're really going to be able to focus on in the future, in my opinion, is providing more coaching. And Bill, Bill talks about this with some of his solutions, but more coaching and more reminders on how to manage uh, those conditions. And I think for the family caregiver, uh, you know, it's how do we give them insight into what's going on in the home but do it in a way that doesn't feel, I'll use the term, you know, too much of a big brotherish uh, to whoever they're, they're caring for. So how do we let them stay connected um, but not create any issues uh, with, in, in our business, what's very often the, the senior? And just look at the, the technology that's changing and what's happening with smartphones and the way that information is, is flowing. I think that it's going to be much easier to move information around, to connect with caregivers that will enable them to support their loved ones in ways that they, they simply can't do today. Right. Bill, same question. Yeah, well, actually, I agree with absolutely everything that Mark just said there, Gordon. Um, but what I'd like to do, if I could, is introduce a sort of a slightly different angle to it as well. Because, you know, we know that some of the figures that we're given in statistics are quite intimidating with regard to the ageing population, for instance, and the inescapable fact that fewer young people will be supporting more elderly people very, very soon. Um, and, of course, we also know that increased health care standards in general mean that the incidence of longer life issues such as um, say growth in cancers, heart disease, diabetes, etc., are all inevitably going to grow. And that naturally follows that there will also be a growth in dementia and other related illnesses. Now, that's not to diminish the impact of people with special needs or anything else, but the reality is that the growth in dementia will be the biggest problem that we face. But I think that all isn't lost because we must also remember that even now, a large proportion of Internet surfers are from the seniors' population anyway. So their grasp of the, of the, of the technology is improving all the time, and it's, and, and it's also set to improve, of course, as they move forward. So the adoption of technology by family caregivers and their loved ones isn't so much of a challenge as it might be, I don't think. And I think if people, I think people will seamlessly adopt a lot of the things that Mark's just mentioned, because as more and more people get older, that the, the, the sort of gap of the silver surfer, which um, only 10 years ago meant that not many silver surfers were around. Now, there's, you know, in Britain, for instance, the largest proportion of people who use the Internet on a daily basis are, in fact, silver surfers. So I see it as our collective job to make all those transitions as easy as possible for family caregivers and their loved ones because if we can let if we can make it easy for them to communicate with each other then all the technology that is around will be adopted very very easily okay now i've heard on this show and also in the debriefs afterwards family caregivers say to each other that they would like to connect among themselves um, those who for example have are a long way down the road in family caregiving. They've been doing it for a while, for years maybe, and those who are only just starting on the particular path 
They have a lot to say to each other, questions and answers and that kind of thing. Do you see technology um, helping that kind of communication? Mark, first of all. Yeah, I, I think uh, absolutely. There's a there's a tremendous opportunity. I mean, just just look at things as basic as uh, something like uh, Facebook or, or Twitter. And if you start to organize groups and mobilize groups, and uh, you know, I know in my own uh, caregiving uh, situation, which started you know 10 years ago, uh, we were very confused. We didn't know where to go. And as we you know look for ways to leverage these technologies that have a social component, how do we uh, put caregivers who have been doing this uh, for a while in touch with people that are facing uh, situations? For the first time, uh, there's going to be enormous, enormous benefits because you're going to be able to take shortcuts in understanding, you know, avenues that you may want to uh, go down and, and pursue as a uh, as a caregiver. Right. Now I'm going to ask Phil this question: Technology, um, from my limited perspective, is notorious for not necessarily working together. I don't mean the people; I mean the technology. Um, what do you see as the future for integrating systems? I, I'm not trying to make a suggestion to you here, but you know, would Monami be able to work with the Philips devices? I'm not asking that question specifically, but the general question is, what are we going to do to make sure that all these systems interoperate properly to the benefit of family caregivers? Bill? Well, um, undoubtedly, um, products like uh, Philips Lifeline and, and Monami uh, can coexist and, and they can they can be adjunctive to each other and supportive to each other because they're both trying to achieve the same thing and and let's face it you know this isn't a competition what we're trying to do is deliver um, a paradigm in in caregiving and a paradigm in family caregiving standards at that same time we've, we're also trying to address the problems of reducing stress levels on family caregivers so if you think about um, you know simple things like the increase in wireless technology that's going to make it easier to have things that you can carry around with you um, things like the iPhone with all the different apps uh, you know that's just one simple example of the way technology is moving forwards to, to create genuine interaction um, and I think also something that's going to expand even further beyond the realms of the Internet is the way that we can disseminate information that people can understand that's delivered in a responsible fashion. So it's not just the scattergun approach of the Internet, but uh, with products such as uh, PowerBase, a, a knowledge management system that works on the uh, taxonomy principle to deliver targeted information. Now that sort of stuff is going to make specialist information for family caregivers uh, very easy to access and it's going to be vitally important to them. And I think all these things are going to come in and the funny thing is, you know, that technology is actually going to reduce people's dependence, what I call a blind dependence, on medication. Um, just to give you one example, if you consider the many thousands of pain sufferers that die each year due to medication problems, if you can actually use self-management and if you can use increased levels of care to monitor people's progress, then you will end up getting people being over 
uh, instead of being under-treated and over-medicated, they'll be treated at the right level because there'll be more human interaction. So what we must never forget, even though technology is advancing at a pace and will continue to do so, we must always make sure that that technology has to rely, uh, from a moral and socially responsible point of view, on the actual human interaction as well, which is where I believe quite strongly and quite clearly Philips Lifeline and Mon and Me do the job perfectly because they actually encourage the interaction between the family caregiver and the cared for. Right. Now, question. Um, Mark was talking about cost of a cup of coffee, and, and that's um, right. But when we're talking about the great world of technology, uh, it may be just a little bit more uh, than the cost of a cup of coffee. And I'm just wondering who will pay for all of this, given that it's clear that there's considerable benefit. So I'm going to ask Mark next. Looking at the bigger picture of all this technology we're talking about, who pays? Yeah, and uh, as you know, we just had our uh, our big uh, health care bill uh, pass, and that's uh, a lot to, to to sort through. Yes. Uh, but I, you know, I happen to believe, uh, you know, when it, whenever you're talking about uh, health care, and in, in our case, home health care, you know, who the who the payer is is always one of the first questions. And there's a lot of data that's starting to come to the, the forefront. And I just, I, I believe that we're going to reach a, a tipping point where the, the, the amount of data that we have and the learning that we have around uh, what early intervention can do and how early intervention can save the healthcare industry, you know, a uh, tremendous amount of money we'll reach a point where uh, the government uh, will, will step in and, I think, pay for some things that, that maybe aren't reimbursed today. I mean, we're doing a lot of uh, work with our medication dispensing service uh, in that area because when you look at the cost, when you look at what states in the U.S. are spending on uh, nursing homes and Medicaid dollars going to that, and taking just a small fraction of those people and keeping them at home, and very often that's through their their, their med adherence uh, regimens, can save these states enormous, enormous uh, uh, dollars. Mark, I'm going to interrupt you there because we'll we'll get back to that question in the next segment. Bill, just a quick. We've only a few seconds left. Just yeah. a quick. Who pays in the UK for the kind of things you're talking about? Well, um, some people uh, erroneously believe that the National Health Service in the UK covers people from the cradle to the grave, as the as the Nye Bevan, the founder of it, uh, said many years ago now. But in fact, what what is the case is that people who are in places that are funded by social services still have to contribute towards their care costs. And those in places funded by the NHS get free care, but they um, are forced to pay in surreptitious ways instead, you know, indirect ways. And even the, the Royal Commission for Healthcare in the UK recommended recently that all nursing and personal care should be provided free. But when you ask, well, um, and I'm sure, Gordon, that an activist like yourself would already know this, what have the authorities done to facilitate any of it? Nothing. Right. Now, you're going, answer. I'm going to interrupt again because we've got to go to the break, but you're going to get a chance to ex explore all of that in the next yeah. segment. 
Um, it's time for the break. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley. My guests are Mark Rutherford and Bill Archer. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. And please come back because we're going to solve the problem in the next segment. Thanks. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Help, you know I need someone. Help. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. To our listeners, welcome back to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Mark Rutherford and Bill Archer. Our topic is technology helping family caregivers. Um, we were just talking about the costs and who pays, and both of you were uh, touching on the question of the government's role in paying. So I'm going to ask you this question. Supposing that in the UK, Bill, and yeah. in the US, Mark, you were appointed by your government to oversee the development of services to expand and quickly expand the role of technology for family caregiving. Now, you've been talking about the question of costs, and this is where people tend to look to government. So what are the things that you would propose and why? And I'm going to ask Mark to go first on this one. Um, What are the things that if you were in charge, you would want to see happen and try to cause to happen? I think, first of all, I think awareness. Awareness. Uh, in in our case with Philip's Lifeline around uh, the issue of falls, the issue of medication non-adherence, what people can do um, to prevent some of the, um, in, in the case of falls, actually prevent falls. I think that given the size of the problem, we're not uh, throwing enough dollars for awareness and, and education there. Uh, I think the other thing I do is is look to encourage more public and private partnership uh, to speed the development of of innovation and uh, and new solutions. And you know today uh, the system is really based on uh, event-driven payments, but we really want to think about it along a, a continuum of care, and that continuum starts with prevention. 
well, what are the ways that we could change reimbursement to look at, uh, from more of a long-term perspective of management of, of patients versus this very short-term uh, event-driven system that we're, we're in today? And then the other thing I do is what, what you touched on before and what Bill was talking about is ensuring that there are interoperability standards so that as we come up with these new solutions, we make sure that you know they all talk to one another, they can uh, work their way into uh, patients' medical records and, and between organizations. So a few of the things I'd do. Great. Uh, Bill? Um, well, uh, again, all good stuff there, Mark. Um, my my sort of take on that is probably a little bit more politically charged because of how things are done in the UK. We have what I call an awful tick-boxed management system that pervades all health-related institutions and services, and that is always at the expense of those who need proper health management the most. Um, I'm afraid that there's an obsession in the United Kingdom with statistics and more statistics, but what they don't do is address the problems. Now, you know, honestly, I could have spent all my time on the program today talking about the scary scenario my country could be faced with as the ageing population ratio to young carers uh, grows and grows and grows. But for me, the real problem with government is inertia. don't get me wrong, there are lots of views, put, plenty of views put forward uh, relating to the problem, and indeed at the moment, because we're running up to a uh, general election in the UK, these ideas are coming thick and fast. But the reality is that we have organisations campaigning for the elderly to be independent, to allow them more choice and power over their future, but they don't deliver a solution for us. We have cuts in local authority and health budgets, which means that services like home helps, home carers have been whittled away. There are no viable alternatives being provided at all. And we have a a large um, charity, a senior charity in the UK, Help the Aged, and their recent report uh, actually said, um, and forgive me here, I'm paraphrasing, without a boost in services to support independence, pressure on those that cater for dependents, such as hospitals, nursing and residential homes, will be increased to unsustainable levels. They also recommended that there should be a national strategy for a framework that encourages independence, um, saying that it's cheaper than putting people in nursing homes. So they are looking for a wider debate on who funds long-term care. But, again, they don't offer any ideas to redress the issues. Now, the reality is that if you want to do something that is positive and meaningful and financially viable, then something like the Monomy system can actually be provided to every single patient within that system for between 2 and 3% of the cost of actually providing care for them for a year. Now, if you actually combined Monomy and Philips Lifeline in that scenario, there is a solution that would make a dramatic difference to everybody, would make a dramatic difference to budgetary control for less than 3% 
of um, the budget to take care of a person in the system. Now, why that can't be got through and can't be understood by people who are interested in statistics is obvious, because if they can, if they can actually understand what's going on, then that might put them out of a job. Now, I think the way forward for us over here is that we're trying to create a dialogue, and we're well on the way to it, with the uh, Minister of State for Care Services during the next few months to try and do just that, to dissuade him uh, from continuing with what he inherited from his predecessor, which is this awful tick box management in healthcare. Right. It's no good, and going forward it's going to get worse. And here we have today, I believe, two perfect examples of how technology that's delivered in a very understandable, very workable fashion can resolve many, many problems. I comment back to you. First of all, yes, I'd vote. If I were back in the UK, Bill, I'd vote for you. And if I were in the US, I'd vote for you, Mark. Uh, <laughs> Lovely. Right. That said, I also would, if I can just make a quick point to you both, uh, and that is that governments are uh, looking at costs and are very frightened by what they see. And that's, uh, as far as I can tell, in every country. And I think it's right that you in your industries are really exposed, should be responding to the challenge to say, where are you going to save money, really, without sacrificing the quality of care, or better yet, with increasing the quality of care. And I think you've both made those points, but I, in the few seconds that remain, and it is a few seconds, please could you just give me uh, almost a soundbite that says why information technology of the kind that you do is going to save money in first the U.S., Mark, and second the U.K., uh, Bill. So, yeah, let's talk about uh, technology in the home and uh, letting people, whether it's managing their uh, Coumadin, if they're on Coumadin, there are ways to do that much more effectively with much greater frequency, uh, with a much greater convenience for the, the, the user than um, sending them in uh, to the healthcare system. So I, I think a lot of this is about using technologies to identify potential problems before they occur. And I will guarantee you, uh, if, we can, if we can do that, um, we're, going to, we're going to save the, the healthcare industry a lot of money. Great. Bill? Um, well, I think that if we can do something to address the issue of um, the unpaid care, the family caregivers, which, you know, that's what we're talking about today, after all. Um, we, you know, I know that uh, the, the, it's, it's in excess of one and a half billion hours of unpaid care that's provided by relatives to dementia patients alone in the UK, which even at basic minimum wage would, would amount to 12.4 billion pounds sterling. Can anyone interrupt um, you there because we're up against time, but that's why the name of this show is Family Caregivers Unite with an exclamation mark, meaning that we really have to start thinking about the kinds of questions that you and Mark have so, or solutions in a way, that you, you've raised and suggested. So I want to say thank you to our listeners. Please email us with your comments and questions, which we'd be happy to answer. 
and I want to say thank you to our guests, Mark Rutherford and Bill Archard. They've shared with us what the companies are doing to help family caregivers. They've really pointed us in the direction of changes, changes in technology, changes in the healthcare system, changes in understanding, changes in attitudes, and those kinds of things that will bring the care to family caregivers, help them more and in better ways, and bring technology into the role of saving money in healthcare. So thank you both. Our next thank episode, you. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Our next episode is about professionals with significant disabilities, balancing health, caregiving, and career. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 